0: those are the guys that are still struggling to find that success and life teaches you lessons, man. And if you don't build those habits, if you don't utilize discipline the right
1: way, you're going to end up missing the mark on where you wanted to be. You're listening to the Teak Nation podcast with Donnie Aldrich, where we hope to educate, inspire, and entertain you with tips and lessons from members of our fraternity. We hope you enjoy our podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of our podcast. Honored to have our guest this morning is Greg Roscoff, who serves the International Fraternity as our Chief Risk Officer. Greg also holds a role of leading the Fraternal Services Team. Those are all the men that go out and work with our chapters and colonies, as well as our alumni volunteers and our general alumni. Greg is a former regional director. He's from the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee, Someone who's lived in Milwaukee a great part of his life. He's also worked in a college setting down at Loyola University in yep. New Orleans. And someone that we're honored to have here to talk about excellence, talk about chapter organization, talk about chapter cultures. Thank you, Greg, for joining us on this episode of the podcast. Yeah, definitely, Donnie. Uh, honored to be here as well. Well, let's get right into it. First piece, and where I want to start is something that that you talk about often, Greg. In the many things he has done, he has been a lead facilitator at the Charles R. Walgreen Jr. TK Leadership Academy. And a theme of the, the Leadership Academy for years and years has been the word Arate. And Greg is someone who is active on social media, especially on Instagram, posting of his travels, posting of his visits with chapters, which are many during each fiscal year. Greg, can you talk about what Arate means to you and, and what it also means when you're working with our groups and sharing it on social media because there are of many, course. many hashtag arete's. Give, <laughs> give that a little bit of life. Yeah,
0: for sure, for sure. Yeah, the uh, the concept of arte has been around for, I mean, you know, thousands of years now. it's essentially means excellence in whatever you do. It's finding what you were meant to do and doing that at its best, at its peak. And we bring this up at the Leadership Academy. We bring this up, chapter visits, whatever we do, because we want guys to eliminate the things that are going to distract them from being excellent and focus on what they're meant to do, whether it's in college, whether it's in the chapter, whether it's in their community and figure that piece out and go out and get after it. When they focus, when they limit the distractions and they hone in on those skills and and develop them, that's when they start to find their peak performance. That's when they start to develop the skills that are going to lead them to future success in their lives. That's when they're going to start to develop happiness over the course of time. There are many principles that come out of Greek mythology and and Greek history and all those pieces that we intertwine in the programs. But the one concept I kept going back to is Arte. And that concept of Arte is, is finding excellence and going towards it and achieving it. We're not talking about perfection. We're not talking about only doing One thing we're talking about doing our thing and doing it to the best of our ability.
1: I love that you shared that there are distractions. List out some distractions. What are things (laughs) that you see from our members? What are things you see even for you and me, possibly in our personal lives? What are distractions that stop us from our maximum capability and pushing the limits of what we can achieve individually and as a group?
0: Yeah, you got to set yourself up for success, and distractions are everywhere. You can find a distraction simply just. Driving down the road, getting hungry and, and wanting to stop and grab some fast food and that distracts you from your diet, distracts you from your budget. You know, it could be something you know, as simple as that.
1: It could drive that can drive down your energy, right? By yeah. making the wrong food choices and oh, how definitely. your energy level is for the rest of the day, oh, and exa- how you want to go attack yeah, exactly. attack it, your, your agenda or the list of things you want to accomplish.
0: Yeah, it could have started the night before and you didn't get enough sleep. I mean, we've talked about that at RLCs before too. I think for me it, it can go and be so many different things and it can be on a very uh, large level as well. If you've not set yourself up and you're, you know, perhaps studying something that you know someone else wants you to study, or you're doing something because your parents want you to to do it, and your your heart's not in it, or you're chasing money, that's a big one. Uh, I see many guys make a mistake in they're they're in a major or they're in a study because they want to go out and make money, not because their heart's in it. Those are big time life distractions. I see many people ultimately fail at. But when it comes back down to the chapter, the distractions really are going to be. You know, When they're not focused on the, the guys going to class and, and getting a GPA that's sustainable, when they're not focused on the maintaining of their budget and maintaining their dues collection, when they're not focused on providing a quality meeting experience and they don't have an agenda and they're not focused on getting through that meeting and then all of a sudden the meeting's two hours and no one wants to come, no one wants to sit through that. They don't have the proper party planning and social planning. They're not doing the the quality things for uh, health and safety. And next thing you know, they're in the dean of students office and they lost focus because the after party rolls around. And, well, they didn't mean to do that. Well, guess what? It it happened. And now here we are. So distractions come in in many forms and they can be something extremely small, but those small things add up or they can be very large and that you're on the wrong path. And everyone has time. Whether you're 24, 44, 64, you have time to figure this out and get yourself on the right path. It just takes the courage to step up and say, hey, I need to get on the right path. And that goes back to that concept of Arte and finding excellence in whatever you do.
1: Well, this can be an extremely heavy topic, but there's a couple items that we talk about as distraction as well. And it goes back to what are on your walls as well Mm -hmm. as... What are things you're discussing in your meetings and how effective and how efficient are your meetings?
0: Yeah. There's really two pieces there. The the one with the meeting and one with the walls. When we train our traveling staff, when we start talking to volunteers about what matters to a group or what matters to a culture, you take a look at, you can take a look at their budget. You can take a look at their calendar. You can take a look at what's on their wall. And in today's world, it's also a virtual wall with Facebook or Instagram but you walk into a chapter house, you walk into someone's residence hall room, whatever it is, you start taking a look at what their walls. And uh, you know, this training came out of a piece uh, for me many, many years ago when someone said if you walk into someone's home and they don't have a picture of their children on their wall and maybe they haven't had an opportunity to have children, they probably have their animals or their pets or something else along those lines because people put what they value on the wall. And that really struck me because I've known some folks who've, who've struggled through uh, – through their family, and not being able to have children. And they've found other ways to to develop a family. And that's fantastic for them. But where it translates over to our world is when you walk into that chapter house and you see the environment and you see the reflection of people and how they live. And is that a true reflection of their chapter? We got guys that'll wear you know a $150 you know, jacket and nice pair of shoes and, and they look great and all that stuff, but then you walk into their chapter house and it's like they haven't cleaned or given their house a shower in a week. They wouldn't do that in their daily lives, but yet that's how their chapter is being treated. So you walk into the house and you see some things on the walls and it's like a shrine to, uh, to alcohol or a shrine to something. And you could definitely tell what their values are fairly, fairly quick. Now, when it goes back to the chapter meetings, when it goes back to getting together, if you're not purpose-driven, you're not focused... Yeah, you're going to be distracted. You're not going to get done what you need to get done, and you're going to have those distractions. You see it in the chapter minutes. We get sent chapter minutes all the time, and you get no report, no report, no report. But why is your meeting taking two hours? Well, you didn't come in prepared. You didn't get people on your side for whatever motion or discussion, and the guys aren't doing the work outside the meeting to prep that agenda to have it ready to go when they get there on Sunday or Monday night to knock the business of the group out. They wait, they show up, and we get 55, 60 guys with different varying opinions, and we believe in this, everyone has to talk, and instead of getting the guys with the appropriate opinions up there to talk, we just muddle around, say the same thing 60 different ways when a decision probably could have been made in 5, 10 minutes by just having these conversations outside of the, uh, the chapter meeting. Now, don't get me wrong. Everyone has a voice. Everyone should be given their input, but at the end of the day, let's make the decision. Let's move the group forward and let's move on to more pressing business.
1: And I, I think the the piece that's vital, what are you talking about in your meetings? If we, if you're spending 45 minutes to an hour debating the color <laughs> of the rush shirt, yeah, respectfully, that's not as vital as talking about let's, let's work on our recruitment skills. Let's work on what's our budget look like? What are our plans to, to dominate academically? What are our plans to dominate socially? What are our plans to dominate within our, our campus involvement? What ways are well, we going to give it, back to the community? It boils down to
0: value, right, Donnie? It As, boils down to what kind of value you're providing your members. Right. If they're going to find more value in the color of the T-shirt, than more value than in how are we providing support to to young men today, then we've got a fundamental problem at the core of our chapter. And that needs to be addressed. That needs to be focused on, and that needs to be addressed at the advisor level and at the active member level. It needs to be brought to the forefront because – If you're spending 45 minutes on whether we should have yellow shirts or blue shirts or, I mean, those aren't even teak colors, but we haven't figured out how we're going to help guys when they're going through some hard times or how we're going to help keep guys to to graduation, then we we have some significant misalignment.
1: On the aspect with what is on your walls, I think another piece that's vital, because this isn't just a chapter aspect. This is companies, organizations. You talked about people's personal houses, property. Right. That, that is something that every if, – if you're someone out there who's an alumnus listening to this who leads a team, what are the things you're putting on your walls to inspire those in your office towards what the mission is, towards what the goals are, towards what you want to accomplish? Are they seeing what success looks like or at least what the, what the challenge is going to be, the mountain that you're trying to climb together? That, that focus point is important, and that's a lot of the, the things that I think you're sharing as well when it comes to the chapter level. What are your focus points? How driven are you to your purpose and actually defining your purpose? And that's where I wanted to go next, which is how important is it in your mind, whether it be a company, whether it be a chapter, whether it be a, you said on a homeowner's association, right? <laughs> of it, course. This, this bleeds across many different areas. How important is it to know your mission, know your goals, know what you want to accomplish?
0: You have to know it intimately. You know, one of the first things that they taught us in graduate school and it's permeated through everywhere I see the folks that are focused on the mission of the organization and how that translates into their goals are the ones that are going to be successful And whatever cliche you want, whatever metaphor you want, you can go out there and find it, but it's true over and over and over again. Those people are the ones that build the right habits. Those are the ones that are focused on what truly matters to them. They're the ones that are, are, constantly chasing that excellence and pushing themselves, driving themselves towards what they want. And they have that clarity. And I'm not saying that a guy who's 24 years old, heck, I'm not even saying a guy who's 55 years old is going to have it all figured out. What I'm saying is that he's got a drive. He's got a desire to, to be something better and more than himself. And he's constantly growing. And when you surround yourself visually, that does something for you mentally, spiritually, that helps bring you to that next level. And if you walk into to these successful places, whether it's a sports team, whether it's a business, whether it's a church or a place of religion, they all put things that matter visually so people can be reminded of what truly matters to them. They put their values out there so that other people can see it and it's reinforced day to day. You walk into a successful locker room, you see past successes, you see the goals, you see the sayings. We have a quote wall here in the office. Uh, You walk into certain businesses and they've got their goals. They've got pictures of people's families, whatever it is that they're trying to reinforce, the brand, the image. And that helps remind people to stay focused on what matters and not allow, again, those distractions to creep in. And when you do focus on what matters and eliminate those distractions, you're going to close the gap on success. And that again brings it back full circle and you can determine whether or not you're living living that mission. You know, we do this with our KRAs. We're a membership organization. You know, how do we how do we measure character? How do we measure whether or not we're developing a man's character? Well, that goes back to St. Jude. That goes back to philanthropy, community service. If we're doing something greater and bigger than ourselves, we can measure that. Are we pushing ourselves to do more for our community? Are we pushing ourselves to do more for those less fortunate or those that are in need because we are so blessed to, to have this opportunity to be at a university and to grow, uh, to learn, and to, uh, to aspire to be more than ourselves. All those things matter, man. They really do.
1: You brought up a key word, which is habits. And Tony Robbins talks about in, in the, the different sessions that he does he talks about the fact that motivation comes and goes, right? People can go to a, yes, to a seminar. People can watch a video. Folks can find that motivation in a short spurt. It is habits that day after day are the long-term piece. Highlight that aspect when it comes to groups, when it comes to your personal life, when it comes to a company, the, the importance of those habits.
0: Yeah, this is a big thing for me recently. I've been speaking about it for, man, two, three years now. You know, I turned 40 years old here in the next month, and I've seen so many people that have built the right habits and so many people that have built the wrong habits ever since being inactive and now through my my professional career. And I'll tell you the difference is the people who build the right habits. And discipline gets you to that point of building the right habits, and there's some significant science around how you get to around the 60-day mark. And if you can get to that mark in utilizing discipline short term, that will build you the right habits. And and here's what I mean. If you are a guy in your chapter that is paying his dues, that's going to class, that follows through on his relationships, that are doing good things in the community, and you build those habits when you're 18, 19, that's going to carry over to when you're 25. It's going to carry over to when you're 35. Conversely, if you're a guy who's not following through, if you're fleeting in and out of relationships, if you're constantly late, And you're not getting the help and surrounding yourself with the right people. You're not correcting those habits during this formative years. I've seen far too many great people, high quality people that have developed those bad habits by the time they're 35. Those are the guys that are still struggling to find that success. And life teaches you lessons, man. And if you don't build those habits, if you don't utilize discipline the right way, you're going to end up. Missing the mark on where you wanted to be. All those best laid plans when you're 22 years old and you're graduating and you're looking to the future, you know, I've seen it, man. And you got to build those right habits. You got to use discipline to your advantage and understand if I can focus these efforts, if I can utilize discipline and build the right things now, that success is going to lead you clues. Every person's going to be a little bit different. But at the end of the day, those guys who build it up over years, they start to build that traction. And Whatever field that they choose, whether it's you know science, whether it's art, whether it's business, those are the guys that find those levels of success and it translates over to their personal relationships, it translates over to their work-life balance, it translates over to when they decide to have children, translates over to when they decide to buy a house, all those personal things. And That, that to me, is what really separates people.
1: I love it. You drop in key words and... Folks can choose which one of those keywords or put it all together, these different lessons. You dropped another keyword in there. We've dropped purpose and mission. And now you dropped another word, which is discipline. And Jim Rohn has a a saying about discipline. And that is that discipline is weighed in ounces and regret is weighed in tons. And I think that is very prophetic in terms of how many times people have that reverse and they feel like discipline weighs tons, Mm -hmm. but they move on and it's very easy to to go into the regret phase. Discipline and working in those habits, they do work together and and momentum is an amazing thing, whether it's in the positive or in the negative. And we all probably know people who are the first ones to be able to find everything wrong with a situation. We also know people who are usually successful driven folks who run through any of those barriers that get in their way, work around them, go over them, jump them. And, and so I appreciate you bringing up that word of discipline because many people put it in a negative sense. You and I talk many times in, in, in your role as chief risk officer about the word, <laughs> the word consequences. And I actively try to work to talk about the word consequences in the opposite, which is there are good consequences. If you do great things, there are consequences for that. And folks don't think about that enough. All I think is consequences means bad things. If I, if I do this incorrectly, there's going to be a consequence. Well, there's a consequence no matter what and you get to decide through your effort, your energy, your drive, your focus, as you talked about, your right. habits, your discipline, whether those consequences are going to be positive or negative, whether it's being a chapter officer, being a father, being a, you know, pick what what aspect or piece of your life you're in right now or what your goals are, those those items all play together. Can we can we go back to the excellence piece? The the theme the theme of the biennium is the expectation of excellence. And as you work with chapters, I want to put you on the spot. What are three things you can think of that a chapter can do to create excellence?
0: Three things to create excellence. That's an excellent question. To me, one is recruit the right people. It starts there. If you're not recruiting the right people, you're never going to get out of the gate. You've got to set the standard and keep with it. I've been preaching this for a few years now as well. You're going to be stronger with. 80 of the right guys, then 95 guys, and the other 15 are just gonna be dead weight and, and hold you back. You're gonna have to hustle to get those right guys. You're gonna have to put in extra work, but the trade-off of having the the people that you want, true teaks in your group, you're gonna be a stronger, more efficient group that is out there to perform and do what you want to do and be less distracted from something that's going to take away from the teak experience. So if you get,
1: if you get the right people on the bus in the right spots, you can have that 95 man chapter or that 125 man chapter because you build the proper brand. Because the only piece I want to, to add in here is we get folks who take what you just said and say oh see <laughs> see we can have a 15 man chapter and that's good cuz we got 15 oh, yeah. quality guys instead of having 35 yeah, guys no 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 if you build a great brand it's like starbucks it's like it's like target you know, pick, pick a pick a apple, apple people are lined up around the block to shell out all this money for the newest iphone even though they already have a phone that functions pretty well because they feel they feel committed, they feel loyalty, they're fanatical about that brand. So if you build a proper brand, there's going to be 35, 40, 50, 60, 80 guys who are excited to be part of Teak because of the brand that you've bought.
0: Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. You're not going to be a strong group if you're going to have you know less than the requisite number of people in it. And you've got to be striving to get the amount of qualified men in your group to, to push those numbers uh, to where they need to be. And if you're going to settle for less, again, that goes back to those habits. If you're settling for less in your chapter, you're probably going to settle for less in your relationships, settle for less in your marriage, settle for less in your job, settle for less in the car you drive, settle for less in the food you eat. And again, that goes back to my earlier point about habits. So, okay. Uh, so,
1: number one is we yeah. got to recruit the right people. What's yeah. number two?
0: You've got to set some goals that push your chapter in a direction that is going to help you stand out. So, For me, that's going to be looking at what are we doing for St. Jude? What are we doing for our grades and our retention? And what are we doing in terms of our our budgets that we're staying financially viable? So if you can do those three things, I think you're going to start to uh, lay the foundation for for excellence and to show that you've got significant value not only to your members but to your campus because you're helping guys graduate, you're helping guys stay responsible, and you're helping do something bigger than Just yourself. So to me, that lays the foundation for you then to go out and have a fantastic social program, fantastic intramural program, and other ways of going out and uh, helping men succeed. So those two things right there. And the third thing for finding excellence to me is, I guess, creating an environment that promotes health and safety. I would be uh, silly not to put that out there. And that to me is one that identifies the potential things that put young men at risk today. That is alcohol, that is mental health, that is creating environments that puts people in a place to be successful, that is understanding when you need to be a friend, understanding when you need to step out of the way and allow professionals to help, understanding that the chapter is there to create opportunities for men to succeed, not hold them back. And what you're creating in your chapter in those environments is going to do one of two things. It's going to help push people up or it's going to be an anchor and hold people back. So if your social events, if your activity calendars, if those things that you're doing are holding people back from being successful, if they're putting bad habits on people, if they're not allowing them the space that they need to be successful, you're going to have apathy. You're going to have people walking away. You're going to put them in a position where they're not going to be successful. And conversely, if you're doing things that help support individuals, if they're having mental health concerns, they're going to go seek help and they're going to be put on a path that's going to help them get, get to where they need to go. That's a whole nother topic for another time. Uh, if you're creating environments where people can socialize in a healthy and a safe manner, people are going to want to be at your social events. Women are going to want to be at your social events. Potential new members are going to want to be there because you're doing it the right way and people are going home safe. People are coming safe it's just a completely different atmosphere uh, around why you're doing those types of things and if your home, if your environment, if you have a chapter house, if it's a place where people want to be, it looks clean, it smells clean, it feels clean, parents are going to be more apt to let their son live there, alumni are going to want to come back, they're going to frankly want to give more money, they're going to want to support you more. All of those things are part of a bigger package of just a healthy, safe environment that allows young men to thrive, allows the campus to thrive and uh Really, again, it goes back to that brand of uh, what you're trying to accomplish as a chapter.
1: Your background, you use the terminology environment for health and safety. I would share as well, you're speaking even broader in terms of, are you creating the environment that gets the best out of every single person? Are you maximizing their ability? Yeah, it goes back and to the
0: whole concept of Arte.
1: Correct. And the, the only way that's going to happen is a focus in everything that you do. Is this driving excellence from these folks or is this, we're doing this for our entertainment? Right or, yeah, or is for it, some other selfish, right? Is it, other selfish, selfish right. Yeah. Is it so, some other selfish driven behavior? Yeah,
0: yeah you got to learn how to develop yourself and live in that community because it the rest of your life, unless you decide to go live in the wilderness and be on your own, and that actually sounds kind of cool sometimes, but more often than not, people are going to live in different communities. You're going to work in different communities, and what better platform than in the fraternity community and the fraternity sorority community to learn the interdependence of man and women and just learn how to grow and develop these skills, social skills, business skills, and how to get along and how to succeed and realize that the pie isn't fixed and that when I win, you can win, we all can win, and how to double down on that.
1: Well, what's the greatest aspect, I think, in being a collegiate member of the fraternity is the lessons that you learn. You're turned on your own many times to to have some independence, but also you work within this community and that human connection piece that we all need in in one aspect or another, I don't care what your personality is, that human aspect is the amazing piece of the fraternity that transcends it being a member of the Student Congress or being in some other some other club. So the yeah, three You're making things- a
0: lifelong commitment. I mean, I, I was involved in student government. Uh, never once have I been asked to come back to a student government event. <laughs> there haven't been a lot of homecoming events for the student government. <laughs> no, no, there haven't. It's but un- uh, oddly enough, I get invited to... Uh, not only my own homecoming, but plenty of other Many homecomings. Others. Yeah.
1: So the three things that Greg spoke on, recruitment, setting goals, and creating an environment for health and safety. Let's let's talk on the other end because I think this is just as vital. Sure. We, we do have groups that win top teak awards, and unfortunately they two years later can get themselves to lose recognition from the university. You have companies who are amazing hits and home runs, and two years later – are filing to to run out of business. You see that especially in the restaurant industry. Is you see restaurants that are you think doing phenomenally well and then 2 years later their doors are shuttered. Talk about what are three things that can hinder a culture? What are three things that can take you from that top perch and bring you down a peg if you're not keeping your eye on it.
0: Yeah, I think uh, if there's a shift in in leadership and the purposes of what those leaders are trying to do. So if you're not Planning for your leadership transitions—that is going to be, you know, an Achilles' heel, if you will. If you're not putting that into perspective of planning out the progression of leaders, who's the next man up? What's that mentality? Who's going to bring in uh, the next level of talent? So we're a couple months away from when a majority of our groups are going to have elections and transition for leaders. You know, what's that plan look like? You know, are we having guys? shadow future leaders are we taking advantage of the opportunities on campus to go to leadership development opportunities are we going to the province forum what's our budget for rlc look like today so that we can register enough guys once they're elected and installed to get them that opportunity right off the bat are we taking advantage of the free things on the internet like this podcast to better ourselves and to develop our our leaders so to me the the leadership transition if it's not carried on, if that culture, if that tradition is not carried on, you're not setting yourself up for success. So to me, that's a, it's a big one right there Two, you get lax and you get lazy and you, uh, you think that you get comfortable, that's get the word, com- right? Yeah. You get comfortable, right? Uh, I think, you know, you brought this up last year at RLC. It's like a thermostat and that thermostat needs to click on, uh, whether it goes a couple of degrees either way. And, and what's. What's that thermostat that clicks on, that forces you back in, that you got to get back up and uh, get back to work? And uh, you brought up canny, constant and never-ending improvement. If you're not forcing yourself, how are we going to improve? How are we going to better this? You know, this is what we accomplished. This is what we are accomplishing. But how can we tweak that to make it better? How can we be more relevant? You know, leadership is the process of managing change. I believe Dr. Hickey says that all Absolutely. the time Absolutely. and I continue every single day I wake up and man that is just more and more true so if you're not living that if you're not breathing that there's a an army general I believe he's retired you know he said if you're not uh, you're managing change you're like irrelevance even less uh so you're going to become irrelevant if you're not going through that process of change but I think you get the, my point here is that you've got to stay on top of uh, of that game
1: well every organization and every person you're either growing or you're dying Correct. One of those two things are happening. There's not a purgatory. So if, if you're not continuing to grow and evolve and innovate and and push the limits of your capability, someone out there is, or you put yourself personally at the position to start to go backwards, which is obviously the last thing that, that you probably want. And it is an organization we want.
0: Yeah, definitely. We We can't have groups going backwards. Got to have them keep forging forward, keep getting more people involved, keep doing more great things. And that's what the whole fraternity is about, you know, the, the mission to aid men in mental, moral, social development for life. You know, lastly, I think the the biggest piece on the end here at the end of the day is going to be the fraternity for life concept. How are we involving our alumni and what are we doing to keep that teak spirit alive beyond just those, those active years? We focused many of these topics on what are we doing for the actives and how are we modeling the way, how are we putting those Collegiate members at a position to be successful. How are our alumni advising? How are they keeping the Teak experience alive so that there's this more than just a chapter existence? To me, that's crucial. And if you have those alumni that are there and that are helping out, and they've got uh, you know maybe they're working on the chapter house or maybe they're advising the Hegemon and his new member program, whatever that is, I think those those individuals that volunteer, we can never underscore how valuable those those men are. They, they provide such valuable service when you know, they're helping out, when they're mentoring, when they're leading, when they're coaching, when they're showing up on a phone call, when they're providing guidance. Those are such valuable hours that are given to, to the organization, to those young men. And uh, you know, we, we'll never be able to thank those guys enough. The young men will never be able to thank them enough for those contributions. And uh, to me, that, that's the... The end one right there for, for sure that if you've got advisors that are that are focused on the mission that are focused on helping achieve those goals and helping to, to keep the relevancy to me that that helps um, keep the formula. So if you don't have that, you know, we should be focusing on helping uh, helping get that. So the, the excellent groups are the ones that uh, have a quality set of advisors And are constantly um, working with those advisors and and engaging them.
1: And they're creating a product that those advisors want to invest in, whether it's with their time or with their money, where they also have men who I'm sure are too busy to to give their time to be involved as an advisor or volunteer, but they will donate dollars because they see the benefit of what the fraternity did for them, but also what it can do for others. This fraternity for life piece is something that if we're going to dynamically evolve as an organization, we have got to get on top of, and I think folks have known that for decades, but we're hoping that this podcast can be another aspect to connect with some of those folks. You know, We got to break the cycle that when we're all collegiate members, we think, wow, we wish there were more alumni engaged and involved. <laughs> we wish there were more alumni who donated to allow me to be able to go to RLC or Conclave or Leadership Academy or just a few more dollars for us to be able to put on a recruitment event and then we become alumni and what do we do we fall right back into the cycle and we don't stay connected we don't stay engaged with the yeah, international like organization yes we let li- we let life get in the way uh, when i think we at times as alumni can build this monster of what it means to be engaged with the fraternity it could be something very small it could be just reading the four editions of the teak magazine it can be just checking the website five times a year it could be calling the chapter president once a year. There, there are a number of ways, getting involved with the Alumni Association, which could mean just showing up to the homecoming event once a year. There are many different ways to create a touch point, but back to the habit piece, if you don't have any habits to, to have any touch points, then you're going to get in the habit that you're comfortable not being engaged at any point, which is why we have so much potential, which excites me. I know it excites you, oh, everybody course. in our building, why we're, we're focused not just on the mission, but also on this this vision of what the fraternity can be, because we have so many talented individuals who have taken the bond of the fraternity and are passionate about the organization. How do we How do we get all of that force going in one direction? I think we've made a lot of strides from where we've been, but the potential is just limitless. And that's what's exciting for, I know, you and I to come and work here every single day.
0: Yeah, you get to execute on it. You get to take action on it. All these things are actionable. And you've got to try some things. You can't be afraid to, uh, to have some failures. You can't let the road bumps get in your way. And you got to help define success for yourself even. You can't let other people define your levels of success. You know, you've got to do that for yourself. And if you're pushing yourself, if you're striving for more, those alumni are going to start to show up. They're going to want to get on a winning team because you're going to show them what success looks like. So don't be afraid to get out there and to do that work and I think many times people are afraid of their own success and that could be maybe a fourth addition to the downfalls here. but don't be afraid of that success and don't be afraid to to reach out and, and ask for that help. Uh, that's a big piece of it and we have such a powerful group of alumni. It's almost been you know referred to as a sleeping giant, I think at many times. You know, we've got to wake that sleeping giant up and get get these folks an opportunity to to give back an opportunity to contribute because they've really developed themselves. There's so many fantastic alumni out there that are just waiting in the ranks to you know, to step on board and to help us to grow or to you know, help a young man out, and there's so many phenomenal ways just to do that.
1: Well, and as our, our collegiate chapters and colonies create the expectation of excellence, and as they perform day in and day out, they're going to create a pride in the organization that those alumni will want to come and be further and deeper engaged, and I yep. think that that's important. It all, it all plays together. Would it be safe for me to assume the three items you shared that can hinder a culture are leadership, continuity, getting comfortable, and not engaging alumni to the proper level, not living fraternity for life? Would it be safe for me if I asked the question, what can we do to ensure we sustain a positive culture? Would it be essentially the opposite of that? Make sure we're putting in procedures, habits, items that are going to ensure we have leadership continuity, that we are having possibly someone who is mentoring the pretness who could be the next pretness that we are teaching those lessons handing those lessons down to the folks who are going to take on those leadership positions that we are always pushing the limits and not getting comfortable continuing to turn that thermostat up of what we could achieve and then lastly that we're making sure that we're engaging our alumni we're educating them on the things that we're doing we're trying to find ways that they can be involved whether that's with time or financially or even just sending an email or writing a note to to show us support or maybe stopping by once a year to talk about leadership or talk about what the fraternity meant to them would it be safe to assume the opposite essentially is what are three keys to sustaining culture
0: yes definitely and simply because those are investments back in the culture you know we believe wholeheartedly that culture will trump strategy day in and day out you could have it. the best laid best laid game plan out there, but if you don't have the culture of the people to step up and go out there and execute on it, that game plan, its just words on paper, it doesn't mean a darn thing. So if you're constantly investing back in the people, in the culture that those people can learn and live and play and grow and develop in, that's going to be a winning formula. And then when you give them the playbook, and for every chapter, every group, that playbook is just going to be a little bit different. They're going to have to to tweak it and adapt it and you know, adapt it to their players and who's doing what. But to me, that is exactly what we're trying to focus on.
1: Yeah, Execution is the game. A lot of folks who can talk and share all sorts of plans, and I want to do this, and we want to do this, and we want who are the ones who are going to take massive action and start to execute on those plans. And it doesn't mean it's going to be perfect, right? There, we all no. we all make mistakes, <laughs> but it takes that motion, right? Just get out there and going another piece. Yeah. I'd argue uh, for,
0: if it's perfect, you probably didn't do enough.
1: Right, correct. There's a, another Tony Robbins piece that, that you and I have talked about in the past. So folks who maybe they want to start exercising. Cause that's something when it comes to, especially around the first of January, folks want to start an exercise <laughs> plan. Right. And they they start to think about a trainer and doing this and doing that. And Tony Robbins has a piece in this where he says, literally all you need to do is just move, get going, start in motion. You can figure out a lot of these other pieces later of who else am I going to, where am I going to go work out on? Who am I going to work out with? And all that. just get somebody to stand behind you and just yell, move and and make you start running or doing whatever it takes to get yourself in motion. Once you create that motion, then you can start to build even more processes. You can start to yep. refine it, polish it, hone it in there. But too many people sit on the sidelines of life and and don't just start getting out there and acting to then you can really refine it and get it the way you want it.
0: Yeah, and they don't have the right expectations either. You know, they don't have the right expectations for what that means. They've got to do it one piece at a time, one step at a time, and they're not taking that first step. They think that after the first step that, okay, I've made it. I've accomplished it.
1: Or if you, or if you don't find success after that first step, yes. I should just shut it down. It's not for me. It's not going to happen.
0: Exactly, and it's, it's a journey of many, many steps, and that journey is what makes it all so worthwhile and you've got to take all those steps. And there aren't any shortcuts in success. You've got to get out there and actually do and put in the work. You know, championship athletes, championship teams, championship businesses are not overnight successes. It just you don't just snap your fingers and you become an overnight success. Right. It takes time, effort, energy, and putting in the, the the work to to get yourself there.
1: So I appreciate the time that you have taken and the conversation we've been able to have on on excellence and the different pieces we need to do to create culture, sustain culture, arete. Last piece I want to talk about as we wrap up here is communication. I think that it is in positions of leadership, it is the most challenging one because everyone always feels like they don't know enough information. Everyone always mm-hmm. feels like there are other things going on that they they don't know about and they wish they knew about. Can you talk about the importance of communication when it comes to chapters and their culture and businesses and their culture? You know, a lot of these lessons, what we want to impart, you and I, in this conversation, this isn't just a a chapter or colony podcast, right? Of here are the culture, here are the things you need to do for your chapter. These things It's a life lesson, yeah. Yeah, these things transcend to every other aspect, whether it's relational or whether it's business in your life. Can you talk about that aspect of the importance of communication and what what environments you've seen that, that handle communication in the top possible way.
0: Yeah, it goes down to you know, what are you saying versus what is the other person actually hearing? What are they getting? What are they consuming? And you've got to put yourself you know, empathetically, right? If I could you know, snap my fingers and give everyone more skill, it would be in those emotional intelligence ways and empathy. And what is it you need them to hear? What is it that they need to know? And work backwards from that what's going to help empower them to be more successful? You know, whether it's your, you know, your team, your staff, whether it's your chapter members, whether it's, you know, if you're an alum and what do the officers need to hear, what is it that they need to hear visually through audio, uh, you know, in person, can it be a phone call? Can it be a text message? What is that medium? Then you can work backwards and figure out what are the ways to effectively communicate that message. And then you have to clarify whether or not they got it or not. You can't just leave it out there in the cosmos. I think we lived in an email world for so long that, you know, now that we're so far past just the email world, that people found the laziness in email. They found laziness in communications. You know, we used to be able to pick up the phone. We used to be able to talk to someone, clarify. Now we've moved through emails. Now we're on a text messages and DMs and other forms. You know, we just want to get confirmation that the person heard the message, understands the message and whether or not they're going to be able to follow through. Act and that, on the message. Yeah. That they can actually do something with, with what I gave them. Cause what's the point of communicating unless they're actually going to make it actionable. And I think many times that we've got to put people in positions to be successful. I think that all the time, not many times. <laughs> uh, and that's what we've got to be doing. And if I've got information or you think that I've got information that can help you be successful, then I need to hear that back from you. And I think, If we break down those barriers and continue to build relationships, we're going to find more success in that. And one area where folks like myself need to be really cautious is where we throttle that and where we have to understand where those boundaries are and to continue to explore those boundaries of what's acceptable, where those hard lines truly are, and to continue to have open dialogue about those pieces, and the further we get away from the, the face-to-face communication and go to mass communication, the further that we have to reevaluate where those lines and those boundaries are and to see if our communication is, is truly effective. You've got to get in front of people sometimes. You've got to utilize you know, text messages sometimes because it's quick, it's, it's fast, and it's efficient. You've got to use all your resources that are available because if you're not, you're leaving opportunities on the table and you're not going to find success. So to me, again, begin with the end in mind. What is it that they need to hear that's going to help set them up for success, that's going to be actionable, and then you can work back from there. And you really have to empower your people to go out there and do it. And if there's a failure of communication, give someone the benefit of the doubt, pick up the phone, send a message, however it is that they choose to communicate, and go at it with that little bit of empathy back. Chances are, Yeah, maybe something got in the way. I I don't know, but you're going to overcome many more barriers that way than if you go in with a head of steam.
1: I love, I love the empathy. The other piece I would touch on as we wrap up is humility, have the humility to be able to go and ask folks who serve under your leadership. Did I, did I communicate this in the way that you felt was best? What are ways I could have done this better? What's the water cooler talk going on in the chapter or in the business or with uncle Ted at the family, Get together. What are things that we are not doing well enough, or I'm not doing well enough, that could get us all aligned in a better way?
0: One of my favorite questions to ask is, "Help me understand." Exactly. I'm I'm coming from this angle. This is my vision. These are my lenses. Help me understand your point of view. Help me be in your shoes so that I can better help you be successful.
1: Well, Greg, I want to thank you for your time. This this discussion around Arate and excellence and culture. I know we bounced around with pieces that we're passionate about. We're both very lucky that we get to work with chapters and colonies and alumni and both excited about where this fraternity can go. Additionally, where this podcast can go, we've been honored to this point to see some of the feedback and folks who have downloaded it and engaged. We ask you to please yeah, talk, talk to your friends, share the podcast, post about the podcast on your social media pages. There are thousands upon thousands of members of the fraternity who don't know we're doing this. It's another value add to your membership in the organization. This has no cost to anyone, whether they're a collegiate member or alumni member. There are many more topics we want to cover, many more guests we want to bring in. We ask that you please reach out to us and let us know who are What are some of those thoughts? What are some of those topics? I know there are different chapters who want to share different stories on their end, and we can work towards the the medium of making some of that happen. Please continue to feed us ideas. Please continue to keep the energy high in what we can produce through this. We appreciate your time and your love for the fraternity for joining us. Hope you join us on a future episode of the Teak Nation podcast. Go attack your day, and thank you for joining us.